have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to the book of Romans, chapter 5, in the 19th verse. I want to thank God for this opportunity and thank Pastor Lucas for his gracious opportunity and for entrusting me. Um, this is something I've been praying about for years, y'all. This thing has been on me for some time now. And, um, when I was about 15 years old, the Lord called me to preach. I acknowledged the call when I was 20 and preached my first sermon at Roosevelt Memorial College and Roosevelt Memorial Chapel when I was at Warren Springs. And ever since then, I've been working for the Lord ever since. And uh, I just praise God. I just praise God. Um, yeah, everybody, so you turn with me to the book of Romans, chapter 5, verse number 19. I'm going to look at the English Standard Version of the Bible. And it reads like this. For as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Today I want to talk to you from this subject, the gospel of grace. The gospel of of grace. My dear brothers and sisters, the big idea of our message today, ushers and musicians, you may adjust, please. Um, the big idea of our message today is that everything we do in life has consequences and rewards. And how we respond to them will affect us in our everyday lives. I also want you to see how Adam's sin corrupted the world and how Jesus is the cure for all of our sins. We'll come back to that in just a second. The first thing I want to talk about is the consequences of disobedience. Paul teaches us throughout the fifth chapter of the book of Romans about the results of being made right with God. We see that a right relationship with God um, brings peace, access, and reconciliation. Let me pause just to explain those terms to you guys who may not know. Um, the scripture says that God gives us peace beyond understanding. And that we have access to God through our relationship with Jesus Christ, those of us who are saved and all that. But reconciliation is bringing back the parties together between man and God. See, what Jesus did on the cross, and I'll talk about that in just a few moments. What Jesus did on the cross was he paid our sin debt so that we might have a right relationship with Jesus. Which therefore brought us reconciliation. And our verse of focus today what we see is Paul is ending an argument about how sin has corrupted the world and how we are affected daily. But he also talks about how Jesus is the cure for our sin. When Paul says, for by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, he tells us a story about how Adam broke God's rules. And the result of him breaking God's rules was the entire world being affected by this one choice, by his one choice rather, to disobey God. As you and I can see, our choices can have big consequences, whether good or bad. Young people, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Guys, we cannot just allow, we cannot allow one bad choice to define your life. Do not allow one bad choice, one bad decision to define your life. You can always come back to God and restore you. He will restore you. He will always do it. Um, in Adam's case, what we see is that he made a bad choice that ultimately caused death and destruction throughout all of humanity. 
And we see that throughout our society today. We see it, whether you see it on the violence throughout on our news or you see it through the music that we listen to. Guys, think about just the music that we listen to. Like, like the culture that we set up. And I was a part of the culture, so I know about it. I used to listen to G Union and all these different rap groups and everything like that. So I remember when the culture first blew up. I remember when 50 Cent became a huge rapper and the violence that came because of his music. So I was a part of that culture and I understand it. Um, but we cannot allow, you know, what we have decided to do and say we have to we have to allow what God's word has said to take control of our lives. And I learned that at, I learned that at a very early age because it, it it became prevalent to me that like the sinfulness of man was prevalent throughout the music, and I had to kind of see okay there are better routes to life than than just doing this. Um, but in Adam's case, we see that his bad choice um, caused death and destruction throughout all of humanity. But we said in spite of his bad choice, God promised hope and salvation to the world through Jesus, because. Um, when Adam and Eve sinned, let me go ahead and break this down for some of these for the kids that may not understand. Um, when Adam and Eve were created, they were created in perfect fellowship with God. Yes. And they were created to know God and worship Him forever, as the famous scholar says. And what we and, and what Adam and Eve were doing, they when they ate that fruit, they disobeyed God's word, and that was from that the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. When we when they when they did that. It struck off a entire world of just sin and just craziness that have, that's happened throughout the world, and it affects all of us. It affects me, and it affects all of us. We see this in Scripture when Paul says in um, Romans chapter eleven, verse number thirty-two, he says, "For God has consigned all for, to obedience, that He may have mercy on all." That's eleven. That's Romans eleven, chapter one, Romans eleven, and the thirty-second verse. In other words, when we choose to live our way instead of God's way. So I'm defining sin here as living our own way, guys. We put ourselves on the throne, that's when we're in trouble. So that's what sin is. When we put ourselves on our own throne and we decide to go after what we choose to go after, that's when it becomes sin. James even says that if, if you know what to do right and you still don't do it, it's sin. So that's what the scriptures have said. And we, when we choose to live our way instead of God's way, we do simply what feels right to us. The scripture puts it like this in, in this way. He says that, the book of Proverbs says like this, that the, there's a way that seems right to me, and it leads in death. But I'm just glad that God always has a ram in the book, because he says that I came that you might have life, and life more abundantly. I'm just going to leave that right there. Um, but when anyone, and this is what the scripture says, that when anyone says, when anyone encounters, rather, the mercy of God through the gospel, we now can live lives that please God through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell this quick story. I'm going to tell some stories, and then we'll get to our next point. When I was a small child around four years old, my mom tells this story all the time. When I was a child around four years old, there was a glass cup on the kitchen counter, um, and I broke the cup, and it was like a little glass cup. Um, and it must have had a pretty big um, thud for my mom to hear it the way that she did. Um, and I broke the cup. And my mom, like, she come in, she confronted me about it. She said, Jacob, did you break the cup? 
And I say, no, someone else did. And, you know, unfortunately, Mark wasn't born yet, so I couldn't, I couldn't really blame him. Cause he was, so that was, that was the first of many times where, first um, <laughs> guy, where I was to see the Adam's sin affected my life. And maybe you can identify a time in your life where you said, well, I, I see that this is wrong, <laughs> and I went and acknowledged that. Um, there were also another time where I not only saw the sin of Adam affect my life, but a lot of my classmates and my friends. I had a, I had a classmate of mine who I know who I had known since the fourth or fifth grade. Um, forgive me if I don't remember the time span. I'm an old man now, <laughs> but um, but um. I was around the, it was around the fourth or fifth grade we met each other, and this particular young man, I'm not going to say his name, the particular young man, he was, he had, he had a very rough environment, and um, he was very prevalent to gang culture, and when we were in the, maybe the ninth or tenth grade, I remember just scrolling through Instagram, this is during the stages of Instagram for you guys who may not remember, before you could save the post, there was just like pictures and pictures and pictures, and all you could do was just message and then send a picture to somebody. So I just saw his picture just throughout everybody's face. This is around Thanksgiving time, so I'm thinking, oh, maybe it's his birthday. Later on, throughout the day, I found out that he passed away from gang violence. And it showed me that no matter how, how old you are, no matter how, like, you know, you, you may think that, you're, that, that your bad decisions may not catch up with you, but they do. And that's why I want to emphasize to our young people today, Come to Jesus while you can. Yes. Come to Jesus while you can. If you can hear my voice, come to Jesus while you can. The book of Hebrews says, the day that you hear my voice, do not harden your heart. Christian rapper and pastor Shaolin talk, um, talks about this, the sinfulness of man in this way. He says it like this, and this is from his album, The Atonement, one of my favorite Christian rap albums. He says it like this. He says, we're cursed from my birth. Sending from the beginning, the womb to the tomb, the prayer to the grave, every breath brings death, and Adam all die, and Adam all die. And he says basically that we're rebels like the devil, scheming like demons, prideful with our idols, disgusting with our lusting, twisted and sensate, selfish and helpless, and Adam all die, and Adam all die. And what Shaolin was saying was that when we look at the culture in front of us, what do you see? You see people who are sensitive. You see people who are helpless. You see people who are twisted within their minds. You, we, what, what we see is that the effects of the fall are on everyone. And it does not matter from the oldest to the youngest. We are all affected by it. What I love about this statement is that he describes that when we choose to live our way instead of God's way, we are lost without hope. But I'm glad that God offers to those who are lost without hope salvation through the gospel to those who will freely trust in him. And that, and that brings you to my next point. I want to talk about the reward of being made righteous. The reward of being made righteous. When Paul says, so by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. He is talking about the Lord Jesus Christ who lived a perfect life and a righteous life so that you are not going to be in a relationship with God. And if you don't know who Jesus is, let me... 
explain to you in a few words. He's Adam's redeemer. He's Abraham's justifier. And he's the one who Peter said in Acts 4, chapter 2, in Acts chapter 4, verse number 12, that there is salvation in no other name that we can be saved. So Jesus is the only way. He's the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Listen, I, I, know, I don't know if any of you are, are involved in crystals or anything like that, but there's no salvation in those crystals. There's no salvation in those ancestral the ancestral beings and stuff like that. There's only salvation in Jesus Christ. In Scripture, we see this one. You know what? Uh, I went too far. Um, <laughs> we're talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. And how he lived a perfect and righteous life. So you and I can be in right relationship with God. Through Jesus, you and I can be set free from our sin and live the abundant life that God calls us to. Now, I'm going to keep on quoting this until you guys understand it. That Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And, you know, the thing about that is... Especially in our young people, we have to understand, guys, that when the devil will get into your mind through whatever he can use, and that's the how he steals, kills, and destroys. He will get through your mind through the TV. He'll get your mind through the YouTube. He'll get your mind through um, through Instagram and through Facebook. All these different things. Like that's why you have to have some sort of spiritual disciplines in your life and read the scriptures. So we. Um, live the abundant life that God called, that God desires for us, rather, through choosing him to be the Lord of our lives. In scripture, Paul says, and being found in human form, being becoming, by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Um, that's Philippians chapter 2, verse number 8. Jesus' perfect life in death was enough to satisfy God's anger toward our sin. And in other words, he lived the perfectly obedient life so that you and I, that you and I could not live. And he became the ultimate sacrifice to God on our behalf. The Lord brought this to my remembrance as I was studying the script, as I was preparing this message. He said that I mean, the Lord reminded me of the story of Abraham and Isaac. And how when Isaac, when Abraham was getting ready to sacrifice Isaac, rather, and they went up there to that mountain and God told him, you know, I want you to sacrifice your son. And I want you to give your son. And I can only imagine how Abraham was feeling. To have to give your son? To sacrifice the son that you said that you promised me? And then um, when God told him to stop, I think he got the knife out. Um, and then he said, you know, and the thing that consistently says throughout that story is that the Lord will provide. And the Lord provided with that ram in the bush. So the ram in the bush was ended up being a type of what would, of what Jesus would do in, for us on the cross. And he was our sacrificial lamb. I wonder if anybody knows something that. But we also know, okay, and we also know that yes, Jesus did die, and yes, he was buried, but he got up from the grave and with all power in his hands. So now he stands willing to save anyone who will trust in him for salvation. Um, When I was around 14 years old, the gospel of grace changed my life, and I became a Christian. Um, and just for a, a backdrop of that, um, many of you may not know this. I, I, I was diagnosed on the, on the autism spectrum when I was around six or seven years old. 
And my mom, she told me, she was like, son, don't let what these doctors tell you. Right. Um, defer you with God from what God's called you to do. There's something special for your life. And it does not matter what the doctors say. God has said that you will live and not die. That you are the head and not the tail. And I've always believed that. So God showed me at that time that my that my that, that my way of living was not was only gonna lead to an eternity in hell. Guys, please listen. Jesus is calling you to salvation today. Do not do, don't don't wait until you're dead bed. Don't wait until like and don't be like me, like I said, when I was gonna serve God when I was thirty. <laughs> And go and like, you know, just live my life and do my own thing. No, like God wants you to live for him now while you can and while you're young. God praise God for saving me. And showing me that living my way was only but was that living my way was gonna also lead to a way leads to an eternity in hell. But living God's way is way better than my own way of living. And as I leave you today. I want to leave you with the words of Romans chapter 5, verse number 15. But the free gift of God is not like, for the free gift is not like the trespass. For many died the one man's trespass. How much more have the one man, how much more have the grace of God by the free gift by the one man, of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many? Now I want to leave you with this. Sin is the problem. And Jesus is the solution. Let me say it one more time. Sin is the problem. And Jesus is the solution. Sin is the problem. And Jesus is the solution. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. I know that he is.